I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is all about the diaka. Yep. Is it really? I mean, mostly about the diaka. (laughs) I feel like it is. And I learned some other various things about, I I won't even give a spoiler alert, but the whole thing about sitting on screens and what happens to testosterone when that happens, which can also affect humans of any gender. Yeah, I need to get off the screens. Damn. Well, good luck with that. We're writing a book. So oh, yeah, we're writing a book a over here. Yeah, uh, it'll be out sometime next year. Um, yeah, so this is about uh, penis enhancement. Now, when you hear this, this doesn't necessarily only refer to enlargement. This is ways to optimize and enhance the penis in general, but also the whole human being, uh, like April said, because it's about hormones, all kinds of factors. And Dr. Brandeis knows a lot about this and actually has done some really interesting research studies that are new and... And, you know, changing the way we can approach sex specifically around the penis Um, or maybe it's not sex, but, you know, hormones and the way that someone's can their sexual health, I guess, is a better way to put it. He's a genius. We had him on our show before. He wrote the book, The 21st Century Man, which it's a big old book. We've had feedback from listeners that that have loved it and uh, have taken a lot from it. It's a reference book that you can use again and again. It is massive, but it's almost like the encyclopedia for what you need for uh, like uh, everything health yeah all, all things penises yeah. basically all things cocks um so welcome to the all things cocks episode and here we have a sex question about cocks so <laughs> let's dive in so sex question from an anonymous listener i want a bigger cock i am four inches hard and not super girthy and i feel like i'm not enough is this a problem if so is there anything i can do to change this we have had, we've had something like this before and yeah, you're not broken. You're not broken. You and are normal. I, I remember when I did my sex education, sex ed certification training with Sfissy and we learned there, and this was more like a sex positive perspective that the, and this was in 2008, um, that the average cock, I believe in the U.S., uh, and they made a broad average, and this is hard as well, is between four inches and six inches. Four inches on the, is on the lower end of average, and six inches hard would be on the upper end of average. Well, that wouldn't make sense because average is the combined totals of those. I think it's 5.6 inches because I did look at that. But the reason why they do that is to make it more broad. Like they're, right. they're saying it that way, at least my understanding, so that you're not like, wait, if I'm not 5.5, then I'm below. You know, like they made it to so that if you actually looked at like the broader average, then you would fit in there. So be like, the median the median yes or something yeah that i mean that's how they they said it then there's a granted this is 2008 and i know that you worked with companies that have done more research on cox we have to globally with with hot octopus because uh we make penis toys so we had to take the 
like the world's average. So it's, yeah, um, and, and it, does and it was five point five. It's about five point five, five point six. Hard, uh, hard. Yeah. yeah. So depending, a lot of the the um, English speaking countries, specifically like Canada, the UK, Australia, are around the same, which is about this five point six range. And this is study like these are. I don't know how many people are sampled. So it's it. These are statistics, right? So yeah. if they sample a thousand dudes and that sample was that was the average you you just don't know i'm so curious about the girth piece right do we have an average girth oh i actually i do know this but i don't want to give you false information i can come back on that there is one there is an an average girth but it's less talked about than than the whole a lot of people uh, it's all about length it is like like all the hype is like am i nine inches or am i four inches or whatever and and like you know and we're big fans of it's the motion in the ocean. It's the knowledge. It's the presence. It's what you do with it. It's how you connect with your partner. 3.66 girth is the average. It says, uh, well, uh, but flaccid. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. 9.16 centimeters. Huh. Um, centimeters. <laughs> yeah. For all you global folks, here's one thing I will say about this. Um, I have a couple of things I would say. In my perspective, I like that Sissy model, the four inches to six inches, because I think that it encompasses the broadness of cocks. Granted, some cocks are way longer than that and shorter. And I'm a huge advocate. I think April is too more about, like I was saying, the actions and the energy and the behaviors and the way we connect with our partners and the way we touch them and pleasure them. And, you know, you, you can have a cock that is four inches that to your partner might not be everything that they're looking for. They might want something thicker. They might might want something longer. And you also have lots of fingers, you have a mouth and there's plenty of sex toys out there. Um, And so my first thought is there's nothing wrong with you. You are enough. And I always come back to uh, what Susan Bratton says about our our different bodies. Yes. And I don't know if this person's even having sex with vulvas because they're not stating this. So, but if you are having sex with vulva owners and you know, there's plenty of vulva owners who have smaller pussies, vaginas, Uh, and you know, a big, long, girthy cock might not work well for them. Um, And so Susan Bratton talks about that. Like you're, you're kind of working with finding your, your, I'm going to say perfect, but your ideal fit and that there are people out there for you. Um, And there's other ways to play, but there's no one right way to have a cock. It doesn't have to look one way. It doesn't have to act one way. It doesn't have to be one length or, you know, type of girth or whatever, because if whoever you're having sex with assholes, pussies, all all the things they're all different too like i don't know why we don't talk about like well what's the average length of your pussy versus my pussy and the girth of yours mine it's inside so people can't typically measure it uh, on their own unless they stick something in there and you but, don't see it right like porn right. we're seeing cocks cocks but you don't know what you can't see on what's happening on the inside and really vaginas change with birth with to- like with hormones they're the, the cervix, cervix drops so yeah. there's a lot of variables in in i think the measuring of vaginas but there's definitely i don't know about an app av- i don't know an average like i wouldn't be like oh the average vagina is two and a half inch i have no idea i know that i have a tilted uterus and that i have a shallow vagina because a gyno told me that years ago and i was like what the fuck does that mean so big long dick means i really can't work wear well vaginal you. cups the, yeah. the menstrual cups yeah exactly yeah everyone's different um, and it's a matter of finding people that you 
feel aligned with and also that accept you as you are, right? If you meet with people or match with people who shame you for your cock, then they're not your person. Also, probably because they just don't sound like uh, very well educated and not shaming people. Um, how to change this. So this episode, actually, Dr. Brandeis shares some new technology about this as medical technology. Um, so stay tuned and you can learn more about that. And uh, the one thing that we've heard about on our end, you know, we don't have cocks, so we haven't tried this, but is the Bathmate pumps. Yeah, but they're not like typical air pumps. It's a water pump. And yeah, I believe you fill it with water and you can only pump it onto your cock like one or two times because if you do it like eight times, you might over suction your cock. You let it hang out there and the way the water works with the tissue of the skin, it really can make things thicker, girthier, and maybe a little longer. And I, we both know penis owners mm-hmm. who have said wow, this thing actually works. It's amazing. I could actually like shift the size and shape of my cock. And um, the air pumps usually like tech or not technology, but, um, you know, gravity just sets back in. It looks bigger inside in that moment. Have you ever seen, I know that there's stoppers for penises yeah. that are You're larger. talking about the bumpers. Yes. Yeah. Are there anything like extenders that folks, yeah. you could actually totally. also do a strap perfect on harness fit. too. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Perfect there we go. fit has been known that brand perfect fit. Um, they make extenders and they have extenders where you wear it on your cock and it can add girth, both girth and length. But one of the downfalls is you're going to lose sensation. It's like a oh, thick condom okay. basically oh, made it. of a soft silicone material. Um, and I believe you kind of strap it around the balls so it stays in place but we used to sell them at pure pleasure we probably have them at purepleasureshop.com and perfect fits an awesome brand yes they are um and so yes but you might lose sensation so if you're really looking to do kind of like a home remedy the bathmate line would be uh, up your alley and we actually at pure pleasure's website have a shameless sex's favorite sex toys and products and the the all the bathmate products are on there does that extender? I don't know a lot. And if you don't know, that's okay. Cause I know that you're not a penis owner, but uh, I wonder if it, if you could use it flaccid. I think you have to, have I think erect- you have the ones I've seen. So that I've seen other versions like sport sheets makes, they're not extenders, um, but they're, I forgot the name of it, like the everlaster something stud kit. Um, and it, and it's, you know, it's awesome. If that's what you're looking for, it's a harness that you wear and it's a harder silicone Okay, and your cock just hangs out in there. But again, you don't feel much right. when you're using it. But I'm it. wondering if you could first, um, do some uh, penetrating with that on and then after take it off, take it off and then um, have some fun that way. Totally. Yeah. You can try all these things. It's just up to the individual, what works with them. Um, Yeah. It's, there's there's a lot of options there. So some of them you'll lose sensation and some of them you won't. The other thing is the um, spare parts deuce harness D E U C E and where it has two holes. So one holes for your homegrown cock and the other holes for a dildo so that if your cock's not as thick, long, whatever as your partner is wanting, you can put a dildo in there and then you still have stimulation with your cock because it's not oh, hidden. Okay, there you go. So they're all different options, right? Like Sport Sheets has one, there's this one, there's the perfect fit, and then the bathmate. Um, I think we have pretty much all of these things at purepleasureshop.com. If you use coupon code shameless sex, you get 15% off of all of these things. And orange cocks could be great for anal play. Yeah. Oh my god, they're That's, they're fabulous for you. Yes, play. because most of the time the bigger the cock, the harder that one can be oh, on yeah. the old bum. It just takes a little more time to get that thing in. Yes, it does. And not everyone wants a big cock in their ass. No, no. <laughs> so that's good. That's an interesting way to uh, kind of explore the world of what the sex toy market has to offer for uh, this person or anyone that's feeling like they want to be girthier or, uh, or they want to be longer. Yeah. And then this episode will have more information on that too. But appreciate your bits. Yeah, your bits are wonderful just as they are. 
Yes, screw what porn says about it. Absolutely. Okay, you ready for a bio? Yes, I am. Dr. Judson Brandeis is a urologic surgeon specializing in the emerging field of sexual health and medicine. His mission is to help men everywhere feel great, look good, and have better physical intimacy. Dr. Brandeis is intimately familiar with the challenges men face as they age. Helping men meet these challenges and optimize their health inspires his commitment to clinical research, compassionate patient care, and education of other physicians. To learn more, visit BrandeisMD.com. And to buy the book, visit the 21st Century Man. It's all spelled out, .com. All right, everyone, it is episode time once again. And we are here with repeat guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis. And he's kind of the cock expert, I'm going to say, just so you know. Like cock-a-doodle-doo or like, like, like roosters? No. I, no, not like, no, not that. No, I'm talking about like the body part of a I human. I you are. I'm yeah. just fucking cock-a-doodle-doo. Uh, maybe you haven't taken that role on, but that's what we have deemed you as, or I just did. So sorry about that. The Dr. Uh, cock, right? Doc, Dr. Yeah. Cock? Yeah, that's Dr. Spock go. with cock. Oh, if you're not watching us on YouTube... You should go watch on YouTube because April's doing Spock go. moves and so is Dr. Brandeis. And we will have clips on social media. But uh, so he was on Dr. Judson, Judson Brandeis, uh, episode 261 on uh, sexual health and performance optimization for penis owners. And we're talking about a similar concept. And yet I understand that you have new studies that have come out that are actually kind of groundbreaking. And so we're really focusing on penis enhancement in general. Um, I don't know what in general means, but we'll see what happens. And I that. don't know what enhancement means. I know. I can only imagine. Yeah. Or when I first read it, I was like enlargement. And I was like, no, 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 we're talking about enhancement. So, <laughs> so before we dive into all of the enhancement and enlargement pieces, um, how did you get to where you are in the field of sexuality? Even though our listeners have heard your bio, you've been here before. Can you share a little more about your story? Yeah. So I was a general urologist. So I got into urology as a kidney transplant surgeon. And then I decided I didn't want to keep waking up in the middle of the night and going to do transplants. And so I I dove kind of into general urology. I helped pioneer surgical robotics with the Da Vinci surgical robot. I helped uh, build kidney stone centers and MRI-guided prostate biopsies. Uh, and about three years ago, I became really interested in regenerative urology. So the ability to help men improve blood flow to their penis at an age or a time in their life when things were in decline. And so I helped do studies on shockwave therapy and platelet-rich plasma and stem cells and peptides and other regenerative technologies. And that's really what got me interested in, in sexual medicine. Oh, wow. From the kidney to the, the other. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I forgot about that when you were on the show last time and your episode that aired, I don't know, year, maybe two years ago. I'm not sure exactly. Two, only six, a year. Maybe a year. I, yeah. It's, it, but it was really enlightening. I loved just talking with you because you're full of such amazing information. You really are. And your book is like half weapon, half encyclopedia because it's <laughs> thick and like it's got a lot of, it's got it's a lot girthy, of juicy, good information. The 21st century man. Uh, so, okay. Moving on though, penis enhancement. All right. What does it mean? Is it a thing? And what are the options for penis size enhancement? Are we talking about just the size or what are we talking about here? Yeah. So 
I'm the first scientist, clinical researcher ever to show that you can increase the length, girth, and function of a normal man's penis. And right. I presented that information at the International Society of Sexual Medicine a couple of weeks ago in Miami. And it, it's really been kind of an interesting journey because I really don't care that much how big guys' penises are. But I would see guys, in fact, I saw a patient today who had a fat transfer and it basically destroyed his his intimate life for the rest of his life. You know, because he has what is a fat transfer? Yeah. So um he had this in Beverly Hills about 15, 20 years ago. Isn't it strange? Like all the bad stuff seems to come from Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. <laughs> except for uh there's some good things too. Except for that one. The uh, nine two and yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but guys want more girth for their penis. And so they would do liposuction, take um, out the fat, spin it down, and then inject it under the skin, but above the or outside of the erectile bodies. Uh, but if you feel it, it feels like squishy, like a squishy beanbag, and it looks like a big pig in a blanket. Ooh. Yeah, I mean it's it's too girthy because the thing is you don't you can't enhance the head of the penis. Are they still doing this, or is this like an old school thing? Um, there still are people doing it, unfortunately. Um, the other thing is that people are now doing are using fillers. So hyaluronic acid like Juvederm or the filler, same fillers that people get put in their lips or their face and they inject it into the, cock. under the skin, <laughs> into the cock. Well, yeah. I'll, right. And so if you look, I, I looked up the price on this. It costs anywhere between five and $15,000 for an, for a series of injections over a, like a day or whatever. And it lasts for about a year or two, and then you get a lumpy, bumpy penis, right? So all those movie stars, you see that the, the fillers are kind of sagging down and their lips look all weird. Well, that's the same thing that's going to happen to your penis. And you paid fifteen to fifteen, five to $15,000 for the privilege of doing that. Wait, is that what happens? They, they droop? I, I didn't know that. So yeah. the gravity look takes at, over the yeah, fillers? Yeah, gravity takes over the fillers. Whoa. Yeah. Some of it gets reabsorbed because a lot of the fillers are kind of natural, like hyaluronic acid is, you know, in a lot of our bones and joints and stuff like that. But I use that uh, topically. It, is that bad? Is my face going to start doing no, that? Can we make it no, for our okay, faces? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not going to interrupt you anymore because yeah, yeah. no, that's was, important. Uh, back in Beverly Hills, again, there was a Dr. Rosenstein, I think his name was, who was doing suspensory ligament ligation. So the suspensory ligament hangs from the pubic bone, which is the bone that sits under the pubic hair and holds the penis up. And that's the reason when you get an erection that the erection goes up. And so if you cut the suspensory ligament, then the penis hangs lower. So it looks in the locker room like it's longer. But the problem is it doesn't change the length of the penis. It just changes the angle on erection and that it hangs lower. And then over time, these guys were getting scar tissue. And so then their penis wouldn't extend during erection. So in the end, they actually got shorter penises. Interesting. And now there's even in from Beverly Hills a uh, a penile silicone penile implant just for size. Hmm. And uh, and I've seen myself at least three or four patients who've had them removed. There was just a paper at the the meeting that I went to, you know, fifteen patients getting them removed. I, I think it's a a ticking time bomb, and it's it's expensive. It's a fifteen twenty thousand bucks surgery. So, you know, here I was like, I think we can do better. 
I think there's actually a way to improve the length and girth and function of a normal, healthy man's penis. So we're not talking about a guy with erectile dysfunction. We're talking about like a guy between 20 and 50. And if you ask these guys, more than 50% of them will say that they want a bigger penis than the other 50% are lying. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of these things that guys want. And I just wanted to prevent guys from doing something that could harm themselves. So all dudes want a bigger penis? <laughs> really? I think most of them do. What yeah. about like the ones with the, the like John Holmes size cocks? They're probably not going to to Dr. Brandeis. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. Although there is the top heavy issue where you have so much cock that it can't actually get fully hard to the point of having the form of penetration that you would see in mainstream porn. So there is such thing as as I, I'm not doing air quotes too big. Um, so I, and I've seen that I've seen it in person, um, not from people I've had sex with, uh, but I've seen it in porn, uh, or sex education demos, gazing? just me gazing. Uh, do you remember the story about my mom? <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. My mom. So, um, <laughs> so your mom and, um, anyways, so that, that does exist. And I want to just emphasize that as we talk about this and this penis enhancement piece, that we're not we at Shameless Sex, and I don't I don't know what your stance is, but we're we're not here to just say that large thick cocks are the way. And um, we love average cocks. We love cocks that are smaller that know what to do with our bodies when they learn about our bodies. Uh, and and that to us really ultimately is what it comes down to. And I think the enhancement piece is, and that's why we're not not talking about enlargement. Um, but we are talking about that a little bit. We're talking about performance that we're talking about um, one's ability to have control over their cock, right? Is that what we're speaking to mostly? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I I totally agree with you. You know, if you're comfortable with your size, fantastic. You know, and I have I have no desire to shame anyone or pressure anyone or any of that stuff. This is entirely for men that voluntarily want to improve the length and girth and function of the penis. And it's a way to do it that's totally safe. So none of the patients in my study had any side effects, no infections, no, uh, nothing had to be removed. There's nothing synthetic, no lumpy Uh, things on the side, no, no lumpy things on the side. And the growth of the penis is symmetrical. So you don't get a pencil penis from traction. You don't get a pig in a blanket penis from, from too much filler. Oh my God. We have a good friend that not pig in a blanket. She calls it a baby bird, baby, a baby bird, <laughs> but that's just a soft <laughs> penis. That's kind of like hot inside. <laughs> it sounds like we're building cars. It's like, it's built for speed. It's yeah. built for the track. It's built for longevity. <laughs> it sounds like that, right? We're on the yeah. racetrack. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're on exactly on the same page. There's no shame in, in whatever size. But the the interesting thing is if you look at the studies of men that have penis enhancement for whatever reason, their penises are not the the small ones, you know, their average size or sometimes even above average size. So, you know, it it just kind of is what it is. And the whole idea of this is if you want to go down that path, there's a safe and effective way that actually also improves the vascularity, improves the performance of the penis. Okay. So you said that in your clinical research, 
that uh, you had a lot of positive results. So what are the dangers like uh, to penis enhancement? And if you have, I love statistics. I know Amy does as well. Do you have any statistics for these positive results and how many folks that you yeah, so, investigated on R&D? So my, my pilot study was 16 men. Uh, we're going to have, I think, 30 by the time we're finished. I'm going through the data now. But the average man in my study increased penile length by 0.85 inches or about two centimeters and increased girth about 0.47 inches or about one centimeter. Damn. All right. Okay. Well, what are the the dangers though? Because there has to be some sort of disclaimer, right? You have to sign something, I'm sure, before you go into the die. You might. (laughs) You know, so this was, this was a, you know, we wrote our clinical research protocol. We got institutional review board approval. We actually had it listed at clinicaltrials.gov, which is the NIH uh, website. In fact, we had this one guy call in from Ohio, right? And he's like, I want to sign up for your study. And I'm like, that's great, sir, but you're in Ohio. He's like, well, won't the NIH fly me from Ohio to California to participate in the trial? That's dedication. Like, Damn. Yeah. Are you familiar with the like, government at all? Uh, I was like, no. sir, the NIH cares about curing cancer. They don't really care about growing penises. So, <laughs> But, you know, I did have guys flying from New York, from Florida, from Vegas, from Arizona, from Washington State. So, I mean, this is something that guys care about, and it's something that they're motivated to do. And if there's a way to do it that's safe and effective, they'll do it. And so the 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 P-Long protocol, the P-Long study involved the use of platelet-rich plasma. So injection of platelets or activated platelets into the penis once a month for six months, and then the use of a traction device developed by the Mayo Clinic called the Restorex device, which it has been shown to be better than other traction devices because of the way it kind of grabs the penis and and stretches it. Mm, and no then, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Who's pl- who's plasma? Are you using your own plasma or you is it from a donor? Own. Okay, no, no, got use it. your own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so safe is you draw the blood, you spin the blood, 15 minutes later you put the platelets back. Interesting. So it's not anyone else's blood, it's not stem cells, it's not, you know, it's just high density PRP. Now you have to have you have to be getting the PRP from a, a high density kit. So there's different ways to get PRP, but we used a double spin system and we used, we draw 60 CC. So you need about a billion to a billion and a half platelets uh, per injection. And then we use the, the Dr. Joel Kaplan penis pump because it's a hand pump so we can measure the pressures. And then we used, uh, I have a nitric oxide boosting supplement called Affirm from a firm science. And if you take two of those in the morning, two of those in the evening, it it dramatically boosts circulation. So you get better stretching the penis at night. I think we know Dr. Joel Kaplan because he's got shows. Yeah. With the dog, the little dog. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) he's like, he's like such a wild character. Yeah. I remember going to the booth. I was like, there's so many clock pumps around here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Multiple questions. Is P-Long, is this the same as the P-Shot or uh, is the O-Shot, P-Shot, are these the same Yeah, thing? so the, the O-Shot and the P-Shot are are way, a technique of injecting PRP into the penis and okay. into the clitoris. Uh, and it was developed by Dr. Runnels, who's down in Alabama, who's a primary care doctor. And for example, the, the, the P-Shot technology uses two injections in each side of the penis and one in the head of the penis. But as a urologist, I know that the inner chambers, the erectile bodies of the penis are connected. 
So there's really no reason to do two injections on either side uh, because it's like putting two doors into one room. You only need one door. And then the head of the penis really doesn't have an erectile body. It's not connected to the erectile body. And it it actually hurts like hell to get your uh, penis injected in the head of the penis. I mean, I imagine in my clit, it's about it's the same tissue, right? So Yeah, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you want to inject for sensitivity, like I've done that uh, on a number of guys who are either diabetic or have had trauma down there, you want to inject in the frenulum, which is where the most of the nerves kind of travel to. And so that's... That my rationale behind two injections was that you really that's that's all you need. And the other thing is I developed an ultrasound guided technique. So a lot of people that are injecting PRP into the penis aren't necessarily sort of hitting the target. Um, uh, okay. They think that they are. Yeah. Um, but once I started using ultrasound every single time I was doing injections, and there are very few people that have put needles in more penises than I have. <laughs> That's claim you know claim to fame, right? <laughs> it was my oh, 15 minutes in the sun. Even someone really experienced like myself, you know, who's an accomplished surgeon, you typically what you'll do is you'll go kind of through and through the corpora because you can't see where it you can see you kind of know where it starts, but you don't know where it ends. Mm. And so uh um the the P-Long providers that are part of the P-Long network are all going to be trained on using ultrasound to guide uh, the needle to make it so, much more of an accurate scientific process. Okay. So it's almost like you map the, the cock on some level and then kind of go in from there. So are you ready for the Unleashed Tour where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. What's up, Shameless Sex Fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also... Let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, 
the right tools for your sex and relationship so you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus, the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it, too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want it, hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> just, I just want to repeat something back to you because I want to make sure I'm understanding this. So this isn't just for the the the, the visual of of having a a, a bigger or longer cock. There's also uh, th- this can improve. I'm assuming some of the nerves that are that experience and 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 the sensation. If you're a cock owner, the, these processes, the pilong, the the pilong, and, and you're gonna have to go over the PRP thing as well with right. me because yeah. I, so maybe yeah. I can explain what PRP is. Please, that right? would be great. So so the platelet is a really interesting cell, right? There's only one kind of platelet in the body, right? So platelets go all over your body and platelets have two functions. One function everyone knows, which is to cause a clot, right? To stop bleeding. So say you're cut yourself, right? And then the part of the your body that's cut or injured or traumatized calls out to platelets to come and, and create a clot. And they, they call out by releasing calcium and a bunch of other cytokines and, and factors that make the platelets home to the site of injury. Right. And platelets are round. That's why they're called platelets. Right. But when they're activated by calcium, they put out little arms. They almost look like starfish and they grab onto other platelets and they form a web that then red blood cells and and clotting factors get caught into that causes like a big wad of, of tissue that creates a clot. Right. And we all see that happening all the time. But the other thing that they do, which is totally ingenious, right? The big guy in the sky really know, or him or her knew what they were doing. Or they, they them. They them, right. <laughs> uh, is they release growth factors, right? So at the same time you're starting the clotting cascade, you're also starting the rehealing cascade. And so, you know, if you cut your finger, none of the other skin on your arm grows except for that little area of your finger that grows back really quickly. Interesting. And so that's the genius of platelets. And that was discovered, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And so professional athletes use that for knees and hips and shoulders to help improve healing. We use it for hair growth. We use it for wound healing. And then now it's used for sexual rejuvenation, either with the O shot or the P shot. And I just took advantage of that idea and then made sure that I used a very high quality PRP machine with a billion, billion and a half platelets, and then added that, right? Because when you have growth factor, you have growth, but if you don't give a growth a directionality, then it's it's just growth, right? So I had a friend who's an orthodontist, and he was telling me about a patient of his that had twins, and he put braces on this patient. He said he's never seen teeth move as quickly. Because that woman had so much growth factor floating through her body that the teeth oh, moved really quickly, right? Wait, because so she, she was pregnant. pregnant. She yeah. was pregnant. Because she was she, pregnant. She had and major growth hormones going on in her body yeah, because she, she has... Oh, exactly. Interesting. Exactly, right? Because when you're moving teeth, 
you're breaking down the teeth in front and remaking the teeth in the back or the tissue. And so that's what you need is you need growth factor, but you also need that pulling that you get from braces. And so in the P-Long protocol, we have massive amounts of growth factor from the platelets, but then we also have traction. We also have suction for circumferential growth, right? Because if you look at the penis under the microscope, not that penises are small enough that you need to look use the microscope, but we got you. The cells, the cells. There you go. You look at the cells, right? There's two layers of collagen because the penis increases in length and it increases in girth. So there's two separate sort of belts of collagen. And so you want to make sure that you increase both the length and the girth. And so the way to do that is growth factor. And then also with a circulation boosting supplement, because as we know, we're supposed to be getting 30 to 60 minutes of erections every night when we go to sleep. And so let's take advantage of that by boosting nitric oxide, which boosts circulation, which is sort of nature's Viagra. Mm, okay. Nature's okay. Viagra. So sexy. that did explain the PRP. Okay. So you mentioned stem cells a little bit and I don't know. So this is another regenerative treatment. I don't know if it's, if it's accepted by the FDA or whatever uh, people now that have to in, in this country, in the United States, where we're uh, doing this interview, I know that stem cells, there's still, there's a lot of research and I don't know if it's still an acceptable protocol uh, for regenerative treatments. Can you t talk about stem cells a little bit? Cause I'm curious. Yeah, so I can I can explain to you what stem cells are. If you, it takes about three or four minutes, Please. but you'll you'll your your audience really will begin to understand what they are. Okay, and stem cells are not allowed to be used in the United States outside of a research protocol. So if you go to someone and they're giving you stem cells and they're in the United States, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and the reason for that is that you know in the United States people just kind of market something and say it works and then charge people for it. And that, you know, to me, as a clinical researcher, that's really difficult to accept. And that's the reason why I did the P-Long study is because I wanted to prove that it worked. Because if it didn't work, I wouldn't be here talking to you about it right now. And also, I want to create reasonable expectations for men who are going into this, right? So if you're going into it thinking, I'm going to grow six inches in six months, this is the wrong thing for you, you know? If you keep to the protocol, you can expect about an inch of length, about a half an inch in girth, and improvement in function, kind of subjective, right? Because all our patients, by definition, had normal function. But as a guy, you can tell when things are working better, even when they work pretty well beforehand. Okay, but you asked me about stem cells. Stem cells yes. Okay. All right. So sperm meets the egg, right? 23 chromosomes on either side. Now you get one single cell with 46 chromosomes, right? That's what we call the totipotential stem cell, right? From one that one cell in nine months, you get a baby, you know, with all the organs formed and everything like that. So then that cell starts to divide, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, so on and so forth. And then it forms what's called a blastula and a morula, which have three layers, okay? So one layer is the ectoderm. Ecto means outside, like mm -hmm. skin. One layer is the mesoderm. Meso means middle, right? So muscle, blood vessels, heart, liver. And then the other layer, layer is the endoderm or the inner layer. So that's mouth, esophagus, intestines, pancreas, so on and so forth, right? And so as the 
fetus begins to keep growing, those three layers become more differentiated, right? So then you have basically three lines of stem cells, the endo, the ecto, and the meso. So if you wanted to grow skin, you wouldn't, you want to use the mesenchymal layer. You'd want to use the ecto layer. If you wanted to grow intestine, you would want to use the endo layer. And for growing blood vessels, you want to use the meso layer, the mesenchymal layer. So when you hear about stem cells being used, most of the time it's mesenchymal stem cells. Okay. Now, where can you get stem cells? You can get them from fat. Okay. So the you get liposuction, you spin the fat down, right? Because a lot of us have extra fat and it's easy to get to. You spin it down and you get stem cells from fat. So most of our tissues have stem cells. And the advantage of stem cells from fat is that they don't reproduce that much. Hmm. But, you know, my fat stem cells are going to be 55 years old, right? So you're not getting stem cells from a newborn, but you're getting them from yourself but you're getting them from a tissue that doesn't repeatedly, uh, repeatedly um, reproduce or split, mm. right? Okay. Another place you can get stem cells are bone marrow, right? So you can stick a needle into the iliac crest, into the hip, suck out some bone marrow. Now that also is mesenchymal, but that's making red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. That's a very rapidly dividing type of stem cell, um, but it's also 55 years old and it's divided a lot more than say a stem cell from fat. Okay. And then the third type of stem cell is from birth waste. Like the placenta that, that is the right. off, so right. We, okay. We oh, it, waste. We, can we, can, can we just take a moment to not call it birth waste? Sorry. Sure. I'm no, sorry. I've never that. given birth, but I'm just like, Oh God. Okay. Jesus um, right. <laughs> well, okay, but the, the reason I use that term is that it's not just the placenta. Okay. So it's, it's Wharton's jelly. It's amniotic fluid. It's um so the leftovers the, that the help left, preserve yeah, a child and present for nine whole months. <laughs> I've so, never, I, I'm not a mom. So, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll find another You're working that, you. work Dr. That. Brandeis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if I offended any. I'm not offended. I'm not I a like mom. it. I think it makes sense. It's the birth yeah. stuff that you I don't, don't like it one yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's more than the placenta. It's the Wharton's jelly. It's the, the amnio. So you can get the, so because the baby goes from one cell to, you know, a fully formed seven pound baby in nine months, there's a massive amount of growth factors. And so you can take those um, after birth products. Nice. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> and, and process them and isolate the mesenchymal stem cells. Ah. And you can also get what are called exosomes, right? So now the advantage of afterbirth products are that they're from a freshly born baby so that they're like brand new stem cells and uh, and they're rapidly growing the the downside is that they're from someone else mm. right and no so babies it, are harmed it's just the afterbirth no stuff yeah. yeah right right yeah, it's yeah. not like 
QAnon people that no, I don't know. Sorry, QAnon. Yeah, sorry. Uh, or not sorry. Uh, okay, cool. So that okay, so that's what people take. And yeah. but it's but not they, third, you know, that's option so the, three. So okay. the, they sign the moms up, and then they they check them for every disease known to man, like before, during, after. But still, there you know there are diseases and viruses that are out there that we don't know about that maybe these people have that might cause you cancer and x number of you who knows right yeah. but that's that's another option for getting stem cells and then in the amniotic fluid there are what are called exosomes so that that's the other thing to understand is how do these stem cells actually work mm. so the way i explain it is like a general contractor right so if you're a stem cell there are two ways that you can cause the growth of tissue one is you can replicate yourself and make yourself into um, other tissue. So that's like a general contractor that comes to your house and does like the electrical, the plumbing, the drywalling, the painting, all that kind of stuff themselves. The other thing that you could do is like if you're a general contractor, you can get on speed dial and you can call your electrician, you can call your plumber, you can call your painter. And so a lot of stem cells, basically what they do is they produce messages they put them in these little vesicles called and send them out. And those are called exosomes, right? And so like an exosome might have vascular growth factor that tells the tissue start growing blood vessels. Or, you know, an exosome might have nerve growth tissue that tells the, the tissue to start growing nerves, mm -hmm. right? And so you most of the stem cells, as it turns out, work through what's called a paracrine system, which is just sending out exosomes that tells the tissue to grow. And so when you get those placental or um, afterbirth product growth factors or stem cells, that's how they're working. So they don't actually stick around for more than a week or so, and then they then they die out. And so you're saying the stem cell piece, just like the uh, PRP, is this injected? Into a yeah, so with with most stem cells, it's actually injected into the location. So it's injected into the knee or the shoulder or the penis or the clitoris. Although there are stem cell clinics that also do intravenous injections of stem cells. And, you know, very few of these products have legitimate studies, you know, where they take 100 people that you know, they inject salt water and 100 people, they inject stem cells and they show a uh, an improvement. Is it so? And that's illegal, you said, in the U.S. to get stem cell injections at this point? Outside or? of outside of a clinical trial. OK, outside of. OK, got it. So within what you're doing, the, the P-Long uh, uh, trials or, or protocol. not P-Long protocol, um, that is something that is actually within legalities in the U.S. Right. Well, PRP is different, right? Because PRP is just taking out your blood, spinning it down, isolating your platelets, and then re-injecting it back into you. Mm, okay. So, the other version it's, it's is in, so you're taking it elsewhere from elsewhere. Right. So, you know, if I wanted to inject my platelets into someone else, that would be a whole different ball of wax. April, do you want my platelets? No, but I'm thinking if you had a child, you could kind of like cons like preserve the the afterbirthing Nobody product in the freezer. Is that a thing? I think that yeah, they the, like the ground up blood. Right, they, they do cord blood. 
yeah. registry. I'm wondering like if that. that would be something that you could you could do if you get a knee injury, you had a kid, and then 18 years later, and you preserved, you froze all of the embryonic fluids and some of the afterbirth materials that come out, and then you had that injected, if that would be something that would be effective for helping you heal. I wish yeah. I had a baby She's now. A Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are legitimate doctors that are growing biologic tissues now. Um, there's a guy, Tony Atala at Wake Forest, and he grows, you know, there's a uh, a condition, I forget what the name of it is, what little girls don't grow vaginas properly. Mm. And he actually 3D prints the matrix for vaginal tissue and then puts stem cells into that matrix and grows real vaginal tissue that then they can use in surgery. Interesting. It's really, it's it's just mind boggling. So. God. You know, we never did cord blood for our kids. We, I think we were too cheap. But uh, it, knowing what I know now, it actually would be, you know, if my kid blows out a knee in, in 10 years, they'll be able to take that cord blood, isolate those stem cells, grow them up, you know, with growth factor and and create new biological tissues. I'm, I'm almost certain that that's going to be a reality. That's awesome. We're so far from where we've been. And, and you know, as someone who has a lot of questions about the medical world, I also have a genetic disease, which I won't share about right now because it's not about that. But um, I've come to grow a lot of love for um, pharmaceutical world, which I have also a lot of questions about and the medical world, which I also have a lot of hesitation about. And and I just am so grateful to live now uh, where I have access to the medications that I need for my very rare genetic disease. And now we're hearing about access to uh, other ways to up our enhancement um, for other reasons. And we're just so we're just so far along. And so what a wonderful age. And also, I know it's challenging for a lot of people. Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube, who also happens to be a sponsor, UberLube. UberLube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy. And I actually want it all over my body, y'all. I'm not joking. It's long lasting and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky, and has no flavor or scent. And April, I've heard you say this, great for oral sex. That's right. Mm -hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending UberLube to their patients for various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin. It's highly body friendly. It's less likely to change the pH and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized. UberLube is not just for sex. It's for massage. You can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love. So the aesthetics are beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code shameless to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code shameless for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending omgs to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. Omgs utilizes scientific research of real vulvas showing techniques to pleasure the pussy. And then they turn the research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. 
Hey, vulva owners, want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world? Or vulva admirers, want to up your pussy pleasure skills? Well, you gotta check OMGS out now. OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons, this is not a subscription service, and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure, and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research, and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. So I'm going to flip the switch a little bit. Testosterone time. Woo! We love testosterone. Okay, so what are the, some of the key points that penis owners should know about testosterone and how it affects the body? Yeah, so testosterone is the main hormone for men. It's what makes us men. It's what makes us, you know, boys in, in utero. Um, so we're all born like with penis both. Yeah, Pops. I mean, it's. It, when we're in that morula stage, we we have both the male and the female parts, and then you produce testosterone and you produce mullerian inhibiting hormone, and that makes you go in the direction of men. And there actually are lady parts that are still in us as men. So you have what's called the appendix testis and the appendix epididymis, which are the leftover parts of the female parts, which, you know, as a urologic surgeon, you see sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. a good Jeopardy question. I yeah. like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. well, I don't know if I get it right after. Well, we want this what episode. All I heard is epidemic. Alex, I'll take female parts for $500. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what is so, the vulva, right. not a Volvo? <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, so as a boy, you're 12 years old, your testosterone's 200, you're kind of a scrawny little kid. And then by 18, your testosterone's gone from 200 when you were 12 to 1,000 when you're 18. And you've grown a foot and a half, you've grown muscles, your penis has gotten longer, you've grown pubic hair, your voice gets lower, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You start chasing after girls or, or you know, boys or, people. or whatever you want to people that you want to chase after. Um, and so that's the sort of the miracle of testosterone is in a short period of time, that's what it can do. But then when you hit 20, every year or so after that, you'll drop a level of testosterone about one or 2%. Mm. on average, right? Every year. Wow. Every year. So, you know, women are different, right? So women go through menopause, you know, 50 something years old and their estrogen and progesterone will just plummet and they go into menopause. Whereas men, you know, go through what we call andropause, which is menopause, you know, or menopause, <laughs> right? And you just go through this slow decline. Okay. And what is, what does that slow decline result in? Well, it makes it more difficult to build muscle. It makes it more likely that you're going to put on fat. Your libido goes down. Uh, it's more difficult to sleep. You got aches and pains. You lose hair on your head. You get more grumpy. It affects your your motivation, your drive. You know all the good things about sort of being youthful and young. You lose when you lose uh, testosterone. 
Mm. And you talked about vulva owners and their testosterone as well as uh, the estrogen and progesterone, di- the different hormones, which m- more commonly spoken about. And uh, is that something with in terms of testosterone? If uh, I'm a vulva owning cis woman and I'm 40. And so I know that I, when I've had my hormones regulated, I, I know that testosterone is important for my, for driving my, 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 my sex, like drop, but driving my, my libido. That pussy. That pussy. Making that pussy. <laughs> and I want to make sure I have a, a, a the I guess the the um, normal and I, I hate that word that's why I was trying to avoid it but the normal amount the healthy amount of testosterone right in my system um, anything else that I should know as a vulva owner yeah since so, I have you? you know it's it's important to know that men have testosterone and estrogen and women have testosterone estrogen and progesterone right and it's just a different level and different ratio and you know we we're all taught men are from Mars and women are from Venus. But if you look actually at the molecular structure of testosterone and estrogen, the only difference is a single hydrogen atom, right? So the smallest unit of matter is the difference between testosterone and estrogen. So it's very easy for your body to convert testosterone into estrogen. I'm from Uranus. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, I want to. I know you just from Uranus, but I still want to know about <laughs> converting testosterone. I just had to make him laugh. <laughs> I want to know what he's talking about. Damn it, Chip. <laughs> I'm from Venus Vagina. Hey, that's a Burning Man name. Just <laughs> okay. So I totally fucking interrupted Dr. Brandeis. So we're converting testosterone. Yeah, estrogen. testosterone and estrogen. So that, you know, that's why women and, and the adrenal gland, you make, so the ovaries make estrogen and the testicles make testosterone, but the adrenal glands kind of make a little bit of both, right? And then in men, testosterone gets converted into estrogen. And so, especially men that are are obese, fat is a great place to convert testosterone to estrogen, which is why fat guys get man boobs. Oh, with lower sex drive too? Would that and go ahead? Hand- yeah, interesting. Yeah. So the more weight you put on outside of your... Um, you know, ideal, I'm doing air quotes, body, uh, what's the index? Yeah. Would potentially lower your sex drive. And other, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. I, I mean, and the other thing is, I, I think of, of things in sort of an evolutionary sense. So if you're a, a hunter and you're out on the plains, you know, killing buffalo, you need really high levels of testosterone, right? Because mm-hmm. buffaloes don't like being killed. Uh, and if you're a farmer and you're working the fields all day, you're, you're not killing buffalo, but you're you're working really hard. So you need pretty high levels of testosterone. If you're sitting in front of a computer all day, or especially if you have a laptop sitting on your lap producing you know warmer temperatures, your body is smart. Your body says, listen, I'm not killing the fields and I'm not killing animals. So I don't need to make that much testosterone. So that's why the level of testosterone as measured in in men in the United States is declining each year. And it's like 30% lower than it was 50 years ago because we don't do the, the things that generate the need for more testosterone. You know, we're not as physically active. 
That's so interesting. That is really, I know that's, that just blew my mind. And it makes perfect sense. And I feel like I'm a 12 year old fucking boy half the time or like a frat lap- boy. But she's on her laptop a lot. Yeah, so I gotta so- get out. I, I can't kill a wild animal because I don't want to, but I need to get out and what, do I need to go to the gym and like slap some ass or something consensually? But, yeah, but pretty I, much. But I, okay. But I like the idea also of the reminder that when your body changes, it's your body's wisdom changing potentially. So you actually are someone who comes from Western medicine. You're actually speaking from kind of a holistic approach from my point, my vantage point, um, where when you're saying that your body is actually really brilliant and it's listening to your outside circumstances, it's it's responding and then shifting, which wouldn't generally be how traditional Western medicine would approach sexuality, I, at least from what I'm used to, right? I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the way that I the, the way that I approach sexuality is you know, most of my patients are men over 40, 45, 50. And so to me, there's like a Maslow's pyramid of um, midlife for men, right? And at the bottom is sort of physical health. So if you don't have physical health, you don't really have much beyond that. But if you have physical health, then you can focus more on mental health and emotional health and spiritual health and at the and the relationship health, very, very important, obviously. And then when if you get all of those things right, then there's sexual health up at the top, right? Mm. And if you don't get the bottom of the pyramid right, then it's really hard, you know, once you get past the age of 50 to have a really good sex life or, or really good sex health. It's like the star on top of the Christmas tree or the Hanukkah bush. Yeah, there you go. The icing <laughs> on the cake. I feel yeah. like it should be more of a foundation, though, sexual health, because it does... It all is a quilt of of things that are related. It's a web, if you will, and it's so important. I love talking to you every time you're on the show. It's so insightful because you're just full of information and you have a lot of technical, obviously medical words that um, that I know because I love learning and re- and the research and and looking at the statistics. But I think that. I just feel smarter and like I have more testosterone running through my veins. Thank you for the testosterone, yeah. Dr. Brandeis. I talk to you. Yeah. We just got a P-long shot. Just yeah. Just a shot, right? The P-long protocol. P-long Sorry. Protocol. We got the- Yes. Long protocol. We just Yeah. Uh, well, if folks want to, if they want to work with you, Doctor Brandeis, uh, also uh, finding your book, The Twenty First Century Man, uh, and uh, any other work that you want to share. How can folks find you, work with you, buy your book? Please share because you have so much to offer. Awesome. So, you know, we're developing an international panel of P-Long providers that have all been trained by me, so that because. You know, not everyone can fly to Northern California. And so if you just go to p-long.com, you can find a certified P-Long provider that's close to you. And then, and you can also purchase the equipment that you need for, for doing the P-Long protocol and all that kind of stuff. So go, and then it's, the, there's tons of videos and it explains everything, soup to nuts. Um, so go to p-long.com. If you're interested in my book, just go to the 21stcenturyman.com, all written out in letters. And if you're interested in my medical practice, go to brandeismd.com, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com. If you're inf- interested in supplements, my men's health supplements, go to Affirm Science, A-F-F-I-R-M science.com. And then I have a really good YouTube channel, which is Brandeis MD, where I do a lot of teaching for physicians and and lecturing to patients. And so I put up most of that kind of stuff on uh, 
on my YouTube channel. And then I actually even have an Instagram. I don't. Well, it's tag, actually, you'll be tagged yeah, in it because we're having it's really, it's really a stuff. good Instagram channel, but I don't. I don't put stuff up on like I well I now you do because we're gonna have multiple uh, yeah. clips. So. Well, I mean I have I have people that put stuff up on there. Like I'm not yeah, I'm actually using cool. technical savvy, but I'm not well, social it, media techniques. Well, kind of. we'll have all and all these in the show notes too, by the way. And maybe not all of them, but most of them, because there are a lot of uh, really extensive links, but we'll have to we'll we'll try our best to get most of them on there. So you don't have to remember all of them, everyone. Like you can go look at the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, this should be on there so you can find where to find Dr. Brandeis and his work um and how to enhance your cock. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, I, I I just like saying you it are fifty. Well, I like uh, well, I, I like how some people just say penis. Like we have a, we have a friend. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> no. oh, one of my figures. Live long and prosper. Yes, live yeah. long, prosper. We have a, we have a friend. Every time she talks about sex, she's like highly sexually active. She always says penis. And I'm like penis. It's I call so it a peen. I call it a peen. A peen is a like peen. when I'm talking to my dog. Uh, you know, a oh. cock or a, a diaka is what I'm talking about. Like someone I'm fucking. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> tangent so okay so we found out how to work with you how to find you um to all of our listeners april is usually the closer i'm going to close right now if you have not reviewed us or rated us on itunes or spotify please go there and do so now because it helps us grow get the message out globally to people who do not have access to sex positive sex education uh and especially messages from females from people (laughs) females uh people like dr brandeis and others from the birth waste it's from the birth waste no it's from the (laughs) the byproduct um yes he's learning birth product yes i like that the after see we're all learning together and uh and also if you really want to support us also support for our sponsors. Uh, we choose them very, very carefully. We do not, we actually said no, no to like what 90% of our, the people that come to us. Yes, so, we do. yeah. So go and buy their products because they're really wonderful. And uh, I'm going to let April close with this part because she has a better voice than I do. But what would you say uh, at the end of the show? I always want to give a shout out to each and every human that's listening. And thank you. We love you so much. We appreciate you. I say that from the bottom of my heart and I mean it. And I just love you. So I know Amy does too, because we talk about like we have the best listeners ever. So thank you. Thank you for being part of being part of the shameless sex revolution and making us part of your day or night, whenever you're fucking listening and wherever you are. And that's it. That's all. We'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of shameless sex. Y'all ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.